back, guys. It's uh, into the regular season, into the championships, end of uh, the 2022 fantasy season, if you will. And it was it was one that was pegged with a little bit of controversy at the end with uh, the, the Meyer Hamlin situation. But overall, a really, really solid year when it comes to fantasy football and defensive players alike. Tonight, we're going to go over and we're going to recap the top 10 from each position, linebackers, DNs, D-tackles, cornerbacks, safeties, and kind of talk about who they were, what we think about them going forward, and really just the expectation that we have as we transition a little bit into our dynasty aspect of our offseason and philosophy before we rev back up for, you know, every year redraft leagues but we're going to start with the linebackers and man for Sade Alokin dude this guy switches teams from Atlanta which is known to be a linebacker friendly team you know they their linebackers tend to get a lot of tackles they continue to this year as well and he had a monster season in 2021 and he turns around and has 129 solo tackles. Solo, not total, 129 solo tackles, which was 20 more than the next closest dude. This guy was all over the field for Jacksonville. And this is a Jacksonville defense that just drafted Devin Lloyd in the first round, that drafted Chad Muma, another linebacker in the third. Granted, they brought him in and they paid him money, and he, he delivered, plain and simple. 27-year-old at this point, you got to believe he's going to continue on this path of just overall destruction as a linebacker goes. What this tells me is I'm a little bit more nervous if I'm a uh, Devin Lloyd owner because Lloyd kind of fell off at the end of the season, got banged up. Chad Muma came in, and he looked solid. It feels like if you're going to get the guy with the tackles, it's going to be Foyasade Loken for Jacksonville. Devin and Chad might not get up into the uh, upper echelon. Like I said, Devin, early on the season, he was a top 10 linebacker, and he dropped off tremendously um, outside of the top 20 even. Granted, I know that there was injuries, aspects of that nature, but that's part of the game. Being present and being there is you got to do it. So what do I think about him? I think he's going to be consistent. Is he going to continue to be the front runner, top guy in the league? Seems like it. Jacksonville had a rough start to the year. You know, they they weren't playing as well as they were down the stretch. More opportunities for the defense. I think that Trevor Lawrence and that offense is going to continue to take steps forward. So there's probably going to be, once again, less opportunities for the defense. But... The guy's out there, he's playing every snap, and he's able to get around the ball and make the tackles. So if you have him in Dynasty, be a blessing because you probably picked him up for cheap a couple years ago because he kind of came out of nowhere. But kudos to you and great season by Foyasade Lokin for Jacksonville Jaguars. Next guy is uh, a player that I was getting a little nervous about with... Uh, his mid-season change, and that's Roquan Smith. When he moved to Baltimore, he kind of dropped off a little bit. Granted, 
middle of the season, you're learning a new defensive scheme, and the Ravens don't have a simplistic defense. But he turned it around. He had a stellar week, um, week 17, for a lot of people in their championships. Ended the season with 103 solo tackles, 66 assisted, four and a half sacks, and three interceptions. That's what I love about Roquan is that he is an all-purpose guy. You're going to get some of the big plays. You're going to get the consistency with tackles. And you just have this really great floor and an even higher ceiling. The thing with Foyasade, that we were just talking about him, he had two sacks this year, no interceptions, you know, some pass defenses and things like that. But he's he's ta- all tackles. He had 129 solo, 55 assisted, where Roquan had 103 solo, 66 assisted. You take a little bit of the tackles away, and you increase the sacks and the interceptions, just the opportunity of, of there. And he signed the deal with Baltimore, $100 million deal. Got to make Lamar a little bit uh, anxious. But that means he's going to be in that in that Baltimore defense. Back into the season, as I said, he kind of took a little bit of a dip. But with that being said, he still came out strong. And I think with a full off season. He's going to be very, very strong for that Baltimore defense. The third guy on the list is one that we talked about preseason-wise, and that's Nick Bolton. 22 years old, and he goes out there and puts up 109 tackles, solo 69 assisted, two sacks, two interceptions, forced fumble, all over the field, the heart and soul of that Kansas City defense going to continue to be the heart and soul for that Kansas City defense for years to come. If you got him, you're happy because he wasn't one of the top linebackers coming out in his draft as far as, you know, IDP rankings had it. But he's playing he's playing the way that everybody expected him to and he's just an absolute monster on that defense. It's just great to see. I didn't expect him to be as good in the pass coverage as he has been and they're just putting him in a situation to win. So obviously with Dynasty, you're getting a 22-year-old linebacker that's putting up a top three season. You're feeling really good about yourself. Feeling really good about that being the heart and soul of your defense. Now the next few people that we got on our list are ones that are a little bit surprising. Zaire Franklin, the Indianapolis Colts, set a Indianapolis Colts record for tackles this season. He had 103 solo, 63, or sorry, yeah, 63 assisted tackles. Also added three sacks to that. He came in for, at the beginning of the season, he basically was taking over for an injured uh, Shaquille Leonard, Darius Leonard, Shaquille Leonard. Um, and then Leonard really never got going this season. He got injured immediately after coming back. But what I noticed and hopefully everybody else did, is that when Leonard came back to play, he wasn't playing next to Bobby O'Rookery. He was playing next to Zaire Franklin. Franklin has taken the number one spot on that defense. I don't think the Colts will stick with Leonard this offseason. Maybe they do, but they've got something in Franklin. They've got something with these linebackers, and they're paying them a whole lot less money to do it. When it comes to cap situations, you never know. Now, the Colts do have a lot of cap room, so there's the opportunity that they just go ahead and keep 
Leonard on the team. But they're yet again going into an offseason that they might be going for a rebuild. If they're finally going to draft a quarterback, they have the fourth overall draft pick. They're probably not looking to win now. And with the injury risks that Leonard has had, he might even just step away from the game. So Zaire Franklin is the guy I would feel comfortable going into him next season. Even if Leonard comes back, I still think that he's going to be an absolute diamond in the rough on your on your IDP squad going into the next year. I don't think it's a one-hit wonder with him. Next guy on the list, another one that's a little bit out of left field, but not really, is Drew Tranquil for the uh, L.A. Chargers. Older guy, 32 years age, but uh, I apologize. No, uh, not 32, 27 years old. But he he did it everywhere. You know, he had 96 tackles solo. He had 50 assisted, five and a half sacks. So that's where he is a little bit of an outlier. He had a pick and he had a forced fumble. So he's getting a little bit more of the big plays with the pressure. He came on really a lot late in the season, as did the Chargers. When they started winning, they put Tranquil in a better situation to be able to get a little bit more pass rush, be able to get get to the quarterback, be in a situation, make the tackles, and be on the field. Do I think he's going to repeat next year? No, I don't. I think that he's a situation guy that's worked out well. They still have Kenneth Murray there that started playing some more. The defense looks solid. They have a lot of tools there. But this is a guy that I just feel like he's going to either fall off, drop off some, he didn't have over 100 solo tackles, I know, very close at 96. But that being said, you don't have as strong as a baseline as some of the other guys do. He predicated more on some of the sacks and the defensive plays and that aspect. Still a great linebacker. Still in the prime of his career. We're just going to have to see how it kind of pans out. Now, next up is probably the most intriguing player on the list, and that is T.J. Edwards of the Philadelphia Eagles. We've been talking about him recently. 99 solo tackles, almost got it. Man, I hope he didn't have a uh, solo tackle contract bonus for getting to 100. But 99 solo, 60 assisted, and two sacks and a fumble recovery. A guy that just went out there and was in the right place at the right time. Not a guy that is making exceptional plays, but that's not what they were wanting their linebackers to do. Their front seven was getting after the quarterback, and they needed the linebackers. They needed their middle linebackers, per se, to to basically cover the D-line's tails and make sure that the coverage was working okay so they had an opportunity to get to the quarterback. Edwards was a run stopper. He was a... Coverage across the middle. He did everything that they needed to do. But he's on a one-year contract with them. Could they bring him back? Sure. Absolutely they could. Or they could go with N'Kobe Dean, who they drafted in the third round and was expected to possibly be a first-round talent but had some injury concerns. They've redshirted N'Kobe this year. When he has played, he lit up the, the stat box. And the fact of the matter is, is that Edwards had a great season. He's in the top 10 linebackers as far as, you know, stats go. 
Edwards is going to get money, and I don't think that the Eagles are going to be the ones that are going to give it to him. He's going to go somewhere. He's going to get some. He's going to get that bag, and he's going to be good somewhere else. But he's not going to be this good. The big thing about the Eagles' defense is that they play their linebackers almost 100% of the snaps. Other places don't necessarily do that. So in order for him to be successful, he is absolutely a volume play. And I don't think that going into next year, he's going to have that same volume play. Now, he's only 26 years old. So once again, he's getting into the prime of his career. The opportunities are there. I just feel more nervous about him as somebody that I'd feel stable about. If you're telling me, would you rather have Zaire Franklin or TJ Edwards? I think I'd rather have Zaire Franklin. And I might even make that trade. So there's that opportunity to do that and get somebody, once again, Franklin's a year. Actually, they're, no, they're the same age. But I just think that the opportunity for Franklin is going to be better because I know the situation going into next year. I feel comfortable with that. So we'll see how that all pans out. But to me, T.J. Edwards is the biggest question mark in the top 10 going into next season. Next on the list, after a roaring end of the season, honestly, is Bobby Wagner. Listen, I'll eat some crow on this one. I said he was going to fall off, and he did. He was top three last year. But top 10 still, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm taking the L on this one. Early in the season... I was right, though, early in the season. And then they started losing a lot of games, and he was on the field a lot. But that being said, I said it before the season, he wasn't going to go over 100 tackles solo. He's at 83 solo tackles, 57 assisted. So that assisted number is higher than I expected. But the big thing with him, six sacks, that's where he made his points. And two interceptions. He has the most sacks of any of the linebackers in the top 10. And one less interception than Roquan did. Take this advice and look at that. Where the consistency of the tackles, the high floor for the tackles for Bobby Wagner is not there anymore. I don't think it's going to continue to be there. So if you're have to ask yourself, do you feel like Bobby Wagner is going to get six sacks next year as a 33-year-old linebacker in the NFL and throw on a couple interceptions there as well? I, I My gut says no. Once again, Bobby roared up the, the points or the uh, stat sheet at the end of the season. He made it, got, got back into the top 10 where he wasn't at most of the year. Very inconsistent as far as that goes. But he also played. He didn't miss any of the games. So that helps when you're looking at overall points. Just a thought. Just considering that and think about where we're at going forward into next year. But I will eat crow on this season because Bobby Wagner did finish as a top 10 linebacker. Coming in next, when we're talking about older linebackers, at age 30 season, C.J. Mosley. 98 solo, 61 assisted, had some tackles for loss. He had an interception, and he had one sack. So we know what C.J. Mosley is, especially at this point in his career. He is a tackle guy. He's going to get the tackles. He's going to clog the middle, and he's going to do what needs to be done. 
He played all 17 games, which helped him out. He didn't have the explosive plays, but you were getting consistent points in and week in and week out with CJ. Once again, 30 years old. I think they want to start looking at rebuilding this linebacker core, but it was a top five defense under his you know, leadership as the middle linebacker. I would feel good about having C.J. Mosley on my defense at this point in his career still because here, here's the situation that you're in with C.J. Mosley. You're not going to get much out of trading him. Bobby Wagner you probably get more for because of the name value I think holds a lot more than C.J. Mosley's does. C.J. Mosley missed those two years in a row when he was coming really great off of Baltimore and then left for the Jets. So he kind of lost that name value and that name recognition that everybody has him with, even though the last two seasons have been really good. That being said, he's just one of those guys that you have the consistency with. Yeah, if you look at him and Bobby Wagner neck and neck, I mean, there he had 15 more solo tackles, but a few less assisted. I get that, and I get that, you know, Bobby Wagner averaged a little bit more points this year, but the way that Bobby did it was much more inconsistent. Bobby Wagner probably cost you some team, some some wins this year. C.J. Mosley probably didn't. And I just think that at this point in his career, having that guy, if you're starting three linebackers, having that one out of three that is just the consistency and the you know that you're going to, you know, you're not going to get goose eggs. You're not even going to get less than 10 points. He's going to get you that. He's a slot receiver for defense. That's the best way to put it. He's that PPR guy where you're getting the tackles and you know what you're going to get out of him. You might get surprised one game and he might go, you know, for 100 yards or 10 tackles, 15 tackles, or get an interception or a sack, which is phenomenal. But at the end of the day, he, he's never going to let you down. And I think that as long as he stays healthy, that's going to be the case going into next year. Next guy on the list, and really he just uh, dropped off being higher on the list due to a late season injury, and that is Jordan Brooks out of Seattle. 103 solo tackles, 56 assisted, had a sack, fumble recovery, fumble forced. Dude's on the field the entire time, but he did tear his ACL. He tore his ACL late in the season. The expectation for me, I don't think he's going to be starting next year on the active roster. I think he'll still be on the IR, the pup list, going into the start of next season. It, it's you, you hate to see it because he's he's been such a force for Seattle. It's the reason that they felt comfortable getting rid of Bobby Wagner is because they have Jordan Brooks. He's been stellar. He's been a just an absolute catalyst to your defense and IDP teams. But he's also only 25 years old. He could bounce back. He could be back sooner rather than later. He's definitely going to get some playing time next year in a dynasty leagues. The value that you're going to get for him in a trade right now is going to be low because of the injury. Probably better to sit on him. Now, if you're a team that is looking at him, maybe a rebuilding team, maybe a team that has a pretty solid roster for next year and maybe wants somebody that might help out for the playoff run, 
and maybe make an offer to the Jordan Brooks owner. Maybe he wants something this year, somebody that can give him, you know, an ability to get to the playoffs where you already have that. Or if you're in a rebuilding spot and you really don't need him till 2024. These are the deals that you start making. These are the deals you look at and say, be honest with your team, be honest where you're at, and say, you know what? Next year, we're calling it a loss, but you're you're trying to compete. Here's a piece that's not as good as Jordan Brooks in his prime, but is something that you can use right now, and I'll take the risk on how he comes back, if he's just as good or if he's not. You don't have to worry about that risk. That's the opportunities for some of these trades that you can try to do. But with that being said, it's still a risk when somebody has an injury like that. The final player in our linebacker top 10 is Rashawn Evans for Atlanta. Got cut out of Tennessee, came to his former coach, Arthur Smith, in Atlanta, and put up a top 10 linebacking season. 88 solo tackles, 73 assisted tackles. That is why I felt Foyasada Loken might not have as good as a year in Jacksonville because Atlanta loves to spread around the assisted tackles. And I said this during the season, and I'll say it again. Pay attention to the people that are doing the stat books for these teams. 73 assisted tackle. He, dude, he was probably just like helping the guy get up after the tackle, and they're saying, oh, that's an assist. That's an assist. You get an assist. You get an assist. It's Oprah Winfrey down there in Atlanta giving out tackles. It's ridiculous. But know what you're looking at and understand where you can get these valuable points. They're going to give them away. Be the person that's taking them, okay? He also had two sacks, two fumble recoveries, and two fumbles forced. So, you know, a tackle hoss. And he didn't do it in his solo tackles. He did it with the assisted. Just absolutely crazy. But. He's not under contract next year. Mikael Walker had a great season, too. They drafted a third-round linebacker in Troy Anderson, who they got a lot more playing time down the stretch on him. He also paired in when when, uh, Mikael Walker was injured earlier in the season and did a very fine stand-up job. I don't know what the future is going to hold for Rashawn Evans, and he is the guy on this list that I would be trading Let them look at last year's stats. Let them see that he's in that top 10 and let them be very disappointed when he's not there next year. He is not going to repeat. And he's the only way he's going to have a consistent season is if he signs back with Atlanta. And me personally, I'd even be willing to trade him now and before that contract even gets done and just let the cards fall where they lie. Maybe you can hold on to him, and if he signs a big big linebacker deal somewhere, they'll be excited about the money situation. But to me, push him now while it's fresh in people's minds. They look at the stats, and they're like, oh, wow, he's doing. he was really, really good. And maybe they don't even realize that he's no longer under contract with said team. That's my thought process on it. That's where I think you should really look at it. Move on from him. Move on from him. 
All right, we're going to move to the top 10 defensive ends. Number one, Las Vegas Raider Max Crosby. He got paid last offseason, and he made sure that that money counted. He put up 12 and a half sacks, an interception, three fumbles forced, fumble recovery, but 58 solo tackles coming off your D-end is a real nice way to, to see your stats tick up and tick up and tick up, along with 30 assisted tackles. The most uh, second most assisted tackles in the top 10, the most of tackles. He wasn't the guy that had the most sacks. No, he was the guy that was always in on the plays, though. I see, I see him continuing to be consistent. The nice thing about him is the tackle aspect. The, for now, it seems like the coaching staff is going to stay the same. Looks like they're going to have a new quarterback coming to town. If they're more competitive in games, that'll give Max a better opportunity for the sacks. But you know that you have a nice baseline with him. As I said before the season, you know, you could see the stars kind of aligning. He was getting paid, but he wasn't putting up the stats that a top DN should be doing to get that money. But you could feel it coming. And this year it came to fruition in a very, very impressive way for Max. So congratulations on his season even though Las Vegas didn't do well. But fantasy-wise, he really put himself in the upper echelon of players. Second on the list was the sack leader for the NFL, and that was Nick Bosa. And that's where he got his points, is from sacks. He had 18 sacks and two forced fumbles. 41 solo tackles compared to Max Crosby's 58. Nine assisted tackles compared to Crosby's 30. So that's where the difference lies. And that day, week in and week out consistency. Yeah, Bosa did phenomenal getting to the quarterback. He is one of the best, if not the best, pass rusher period in the NFL. You got him, you got Garrett, and you got T.J. Watt at this point, I think, are the best at getting to the quarterback, bar none. But the thing with Nick is that you're not going to get nearly as many tackles. One, that defense is just absolutely stellar all across the board. So that's just kind of how it is. And two, you just play, he plays his role, and his role is to get to the quarterback, so he's going to focus on that. His run defense isn't as strong as Max's, is, but that's okay because that's not what they want him to do. Both are still 25 years of age. Both still have phenomenal upside going into the NFL's next seasons and going forward. So... These are two guys that, in my opinion, are pretty much untouchable. If you try trading for them, you better be coming with a whole lot, and you'll more than likely give up more than what you're going to get back. It's just That's just where they're at right now. Miles Garrett comes in at number three, finished with 16 sacks on the season, 37 solo tackles, 21 assisted, and two forced fumbles for him as well. Now, the thing with him and Nick Bosa is they both only played 16 games to Max Crosby's 17. But even on a points-per-game, Max Crosby still was able to outperform them. But Bosa's been – or not not Bosa, sorry. Miles Garrett has been one of the most consistent defensive ends in the NFL the last four years. You know what you're getting out of him. He just – 
takes care of business. 16 sacks again this year. And we're talking about it like it's meager numbers. That's a damn impressive season. And it got him third on the list, which is kind of crazy. But the fact of the matter is, is that he normally has a few more tackles on the run. And once again, Cleveland this year was not as competitive as people thought. They weren't as, I mean, Jacoby did a phenomenal job for what he was like expected to do out of this situation. He took care of what needed to be done as best he could, but they weren't blowing teams out. They weren't putting teams in passing situations, but Garrett still got 16 sacks out of the whole situation. I expect him to continue these numbers, if not improve upon them next year. He's only 27, going to be going into his 28th uh, year season. He's still in the prime. He's going to get it done. Next on the list is Carolina's Brian Burns, the 24-year-old that had 12 and a half sacks, a forced fumble, 34 solo tackles, 29 assisted, solid numbers across. 12 and a half is just a is a a really nice number on the sacks. It's that number that you're not like eye-poppingly, holy cow. But I feel like when you get to that, it's like it used to be like 10 is that magic number. I feel like 12 to 12 and a half is like that magic number of you were just really solid, consistent player. And the fact of the matter is, is that he played on a terrible Carolina team, just as I was talking about some of the other guys, like, you know, Max Crosby and Miles Garrett, which to me just tells you how good these guys are because they're still putting up the stats they are in not great positioning for themselves. You know, they're not getting as many pass uh, passing down attempts as some of these other players on the list, but they're still taking care of business. Impressive season for Brian. I expect nothing but better. You know, they were teams were trying to trade for him at the trade deadline. They wanted him more than anybody else off that Carolina team not named Christian McCaffrey, and they wouldn't do it because they think he's the, uh, the catalyst of that defense, and they're probably right. We'll have to just see how his career continues to project, but I, I think it's another top five season will be next year. Fifth on the list, which is kind of crazy, Mr. J.J. Watt. Twelve and a half sacks. I don't think I even knew he had that many sacks. I know he kind of came on late in the season, but man, he finished with twelve and a half sacks, thirty solo tackles, nine assisted, a fumble recovery, fumble forced, and he played in sixteen games. You know, everybody actually except for Max Crosby at this point has played in fifteen games. Now, albeit there is a significant significant drop off on points per game from Brian Burns to J.J. Watt. But, dude, 33 years old, went out there on a team, once again, a team that was not very successful, and he just did it. And I, for one, you know, am sad to see J.J. go. I absolutely get it. You know, you guys didn't hear, like, he literally, like, his heart stopped in the middle of the season, you know. Not during a game like DeMar Hamlin, but still. I mean, he's got a young son. He's 
done everything you could imagine as the NFL. The only thing that I really wanted to see is him, Derek, and TJ being on the same team, which apparently after JJ announced his retirement, Mike Tomlin came out and said, oh, well, I was planning to try to get the band back together this offseason so we could have all of the Watts on one team. Whether that's realistic or not, I mean, I think it would have been great for them. So think about JJ playing on the other side of TJ with Cameron, or Cameron Hayward in the middle. Oh, JJ, you sure don't want to play one more year? Just just one more just to see, you know, I don't want you to regret hanging it up too soon. No, but in all seriousness, phenomenal player. I've talked about him on my podcast the last few weeks, so I won't do too much into that. But um, congratulations on your retirement. Congratulations on your career, and we'll see you in Canton for sure. Number six on the list. Love to see it. The 22-year-old Detroit Lion, Aiden Hutchinson. The fact that nobody's talking about him for Defensive Rookie of the Year is asinine. I understand how well Sauce Gardner played, and I get it that his stats, because of him just being a shutdown corner, are harder to track. Aiden Hutchinson had nine and a half sacks, two fumble recoveries, three interceptions, 34 solo tackles, 18 assisted. Three interceptions. The thing that is just mind-boggling about those interceptions are more so just the last one. He pretended to go off to the sideline and then jumped back in and intercepted the ball. He was playing DB, essentially. This dude is so much fun to watch. I love that he went to the hometown Detroit Lions. I think that it's just the storyline of last draft. It's beautiful. The only thing that's the problem is they didn't make the playoffs. Even though he had two sacks in the final game against Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau, it's, I'm excited for his future. I really am. He was the guy I expected the most out of out of the, the rookies. Him and Kayvon were kind of right there, but Aiden was the one because I think that his motor just doesn't quit. He just goes after the ball. He's the guy that if I had an IDP draft for rookies last year and I needed a D end I was going after Aiden he was my guy he was the number one dude on my board when it came to defensive ends so I love to see him at number six on the list because that's just wild to me number seven for the defensive ends is Josh Sweat out of Philly We've been talking about him as of late. He came on, once again, came on kind of strong at the end of the season. He had 11 sacks, 29 solo tackles, 18 assisted, an interception, a touchdown on that interception, and a forced fumble. That Eagles defense has been absolute monstrous. And I'm honestly surprised that this is the guy that we're seeing up there because I feel like some of the other guys have had absolutely stellar seasons, but it's all came in waves, you know? It's just kind of going. I mean, we will talk about Javon Hargrave, obviously, when we get to D-tackles, but 
Josh Sweat, kudos to you, my man. It is just one of those guys. He's the young guy in that group. He's the guy that signed. He's the guy that I feel like is going to continue to be very, very valuable in fantasy because they're going to lose some of those front guys, so he's just going to get more time and more opportunities. 25 years old, getting 11 sacks on a great Eagles defense, on a great Eagles team that I expect to be winning ball games in the future. You're probably an offseason too late to trade for him, but it still might be worth it. Next guy on the list, Alex Highsmith comes in at number eight. Now, this is a guy that's a little tough because you could argue that it's linebacker. You could argue that it's defensive end. I put him on the list for the sheer fact that I wanted to recognize his season. 14 and a half sacks, 39 solo tackles, 23 assisted with five forced fumbles. Don't get me wrong. He played with T.J. Watt out, but he was a force. You put him across from T.J. all season long, and it's just going to be absolutely scary next year. That being said, you put him in, in a linebacker position, and he's not even snuffing the top 20. He's not getting the tackles, okay? 39 solo, 23 assisted. is not going to get you up with the guys that are getting over 100, right? But if he has that D-end eligibility or D-line eligibility in your league, he's an absolute value to start there every week. 14 and a half sacks. Third best on the season. So that's what I'm talking about. And he gets more tackles than most of the DNs because he's in that linebacker role and will drop into coverage and that kind of stuff. But you just, if he's not, if he's only linebacker eligible, unfortunately, uh, an absolute stud player in the NFL is deemed basically not valuable to you, which is a shame. I do recommend that you guys possibly look at edge rushers as a person that they get bonuses for sacks and you can put anybody in that position on your defense outside of cornerbacks and safeties. Da-da-da-da-da. And if they get sacks, they get more points. You take down some of the points that the tackles would be because you're basically going with a boomer bust kind of player. A little bit of a weird flex, a um, little different. But it's worth uh, something to think about on the offseason if you guys are bored or interested. And then there is a tie for 9 and 10. And that is Daniil Hunter for Minnesota, who had 11 and a half sacks, 47 solo tackles, 18 assisted, and a fumble forced. And Demarcus Lawrence for Dallas, who had 6 sacks, 21 or sorry 43 solo tackles 21 tackles assisted two fumble recoveries three fumbles forced and a, and a touchdown that's that's where some of those bonus points big scoring touchdowns are to get him about up to where Daniel Hunter is so we'll go with Daniel Hunter first coming back off of basically missing two seasons a 28 year old out of Minnesota Came back with a vengeance. 
11 and a half sacks is a really nice number. He kind of trailed off a little bit at the end of the season, but he has just been a really good force on that defense. It's a reason, one of the reasons why they have been so successful this year. I expect him to continue to be good going forward. I think that right around number 10 is probably a safe bet for him. He's been as high as number three on the season, but as I said, kind of trailed off. Around the top 10 D linemen in the league, or DNs that is, is, um, is a fair value assessment. You might be able to think that you're selling high on him. If that's the case, go ahead. He has had some injury concerns in the past, but I'd be comfortable with him as a guy that you know what you're getting out of. You can kind of use him to play some matchups, but he's, he's a week-in, week-out starter and feel good about it. Demarcus Lawrence, he had his 30th, um, 30-year-old season, not big on the sacks, not huge on the tackles. He had, you know, 43 is a solid solo tackle number, but even, you know, even Hunter had more than that. He got his his points from from some big plays, some fumbles forced, fumble recoveries, Knocking some passes down and sack and uh, getting a touchdown on basically a sack force fumble recovery touchdown. He's getting to that age. Um, I don't, I don't know. Like I think he could still be valuable. I, I think that to me the signs are there that I'm a little bit nervous. But I think that what you're gonna get out of a 30 year old defensive end for trade value is probably not worth what you would get to keep him. Now, if you're like getting somebody that's going to offer you something crazy, then maybe you go for it. But to me, you just kind of sit tight. If you're a team that's going to going nowhere fast and you already feel that way, maybe he's a guy that you're going to try to get some picks for this, this season, but you're not going to maybe you'll draft one of the big guys with those picks. But I, I, I just, He's kind of in a limbo land, you know, where if you're with him now, you might have him until he retires. And that's not the worst thing in the world. It's not bad. I mean, he's a solid player. For instance, the next guy on the list is Cameron Jordan out of New Orleans. I had him. He's 33. I've had I had him in leagues, and I just recently traded him this offseason. Finally, I tried to trade him for three seasons. Nobody would trade him. He kept being a top 10 DN, top 10 DN, top 11 DN this year. And honestly, I kind of regret that I traded him because at the end of the year, guess what I was needing? Defensive end help. And he's just the guy that just goes out there and does what needs to be done. Gets the tackles, gets the sacks, and just takes care of business. You're going to lose some of the consistency with these guys because just maybe they're becoming more rotational pieces and they're not staying on the field nearly as much. But there's still a place for them, and that's value added. So that's going to do it for tonight. We're going to continue on with D-tackles, corners, safeties um, next week. We've got a lot to cover. I don't want to make this a three-hour-long podcast. We'll continue to do this offseason, dive into these players, and then we'll start talking about, one, predictions from this last year, where those ended up. Then we're going to really start diving into the draft, man. Like, this is the time. we got to start our draft prep now. we got to understand who – we want to target where we might be able to start moving some picks around for, figure this out, 
understand where these players are going to be going in our drafts. It's the fun. It's the offseason as far as fantasy is concerned. But this weekend, there still is football on. It is the playoffs. So go ahead and enjoy those. But do not forget that defense wins fantasy. We'll see you guys next week.